the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There was a study conducted recently by psychologists at the University of Arizona that had participants concentrate on shapes of silhouettes on a screen that were surrounded by multiple other shapes all around. They were told to focus their attention only on that image in the middle, and while doing so had their brain activities monitored. And the results were actually pretty interesting. Even though the participants were only consciously focused on that main silhouette shape and couldn't even recall any of the other images, their brains were in fact recording and processing every bit of information that came into their eyes. They were in a sense not seeing and seeing at the same time. Now, I might be quick to jump on this scientific study and blame these results on our hypersensory world that we live in today, with our iPhones and iPads and iWatches and iTunes. The amount of data that comes into our eyes and our ears is unprecedented. And just to get by in life, we have to focus on what we deem as important or worthy of our attention and to filter out all those unnecessary details. How could we not? Without this mental safeguard built into our DNA, there'd be simply too much information to process, and our minds would be overloaded all the time. But we also know that sometimes we have overactive filters that cause us to miss the point, often when it's right in front of our eyes. And judging by the readings we just heard this morning, it sounds like we as humans have been missing the point for quite a while, about 2,000 years or so. Try for a second to put yourself in the position of those disciples we just heard about. You know the disciples, that ragtag group of people who resemble the Keystone Cops more than a devoted band of followers? The group that reminds us that we are all human and are more likely going to get things wrong before we get things right. If you recall, in the verses that just precede today's reading, in St. Luke's Gospel, the risen Christ has just appeared to two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus just a few hours earlier. And now those two disciples find themselves back with the rest of their group adamantly trying to explain what they had just seen. And we could picture the disciples standing there dumbfounded as these two travelers burst into the door, probably out of breath from running, frantically trying to explain how Jesus, who was dead, was now alive and had walked with them and talked and broke bread with them. And just as they're getting to the good part, Jesus appears in that room to them all and says, peace be with you. Can you imagine their reaction? With 2020 hindsight, it's easy to criticize their disbelief, just like we did with Thomas last week. And Jesus proves that he actually is raised from the dead because he eats fish that they give him 
Because we know ghosts don't eat, right? But when you think about it, really, did the disciples really need to see Jesus eat some fish to prove to them that he was actually there with them? Could they not tell who he was by the way he looked or the way he talked? Did they not see the wounds in his hands? I think they did see all these clues. But the problem was they weren't looking for them. They weren't expecting to see Jesus appear to them on that day. Jesus begins to explain that everything that had happened to him during that past week had all been foretold before in the scriptures. These were texts that they all knew by heart as faithful Jews. They had all grown up reading and hearing the prophecies regarding the Messiah. But when Jesus began to fulfill this foretelling through his very life and ministry, they simply weren't tuning in to what they were missing. They didn't realize the magnitude of their circumstance until, as Luke tells us, Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. It was the aha moment when everything finally clicked and it all fell into place in their minds. How often do we go through life seeing Jesus, but not really seeing him at the same time? I wonder if our minds have become so used to the now, 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 always on the go pace of society that we don't take time anymore to slow down every once in a while and look to see how God is at work in the world. Or perhaps more importantly, how God might want to use us to work in the world. A few weeks ago, I mentioned a woman who is experiencing homelessness and living on the sidewalk outside of our chapel at General Seminary in New York City. Meeting her in person and getting to know her really changed my life and put a lot into perspective. The situations like hers aren't just confined to big metropolises like Manhattan. When we moved from New York City to Suwannee, Tennessee, in the middle of my seminary education, we found ourselves in the complete polar opposite of the world. <laughs> Suwannee was quiet, beautiful, peaceful, and slow. <laughs> but even so, there are parts of that mountain just outside the gates of the university that people see every day, but yet fail to really see. Not even a five-minute drive from the pristine center of campus with its seersucker and bow ties and SUVs, there are the remains of once-thriving mining towns that are now populated with and impoverished people the likes whom I've never seen before in America. Where's God acting in these folks' lives? I often wondered how God could have used me or the seminary or the university to make a difference for them. I still don't really know the answer to that question. But I do know that as long as good-hearted people continue to drive right past those 
burnout and run-down trailers in Franklin County, Tennessee. Or for that matter, keep driving past every person here in Decatur who stands on the side of the road or sits in front of a grocery store. As long as we drive past with our eyes only focused on the road right in front of us, nothing's ever going to change for them or for us. In the reading from John's letter this morning, the author tells us that when God is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. So the question is for us, when will God be revealed? Or maybe a better question would be, when will we see God revealed to us? Will it be in the Eucharist? where we say we believe that the body and blood of Jesus are truly present in the bread and in the wine. We say we believe that we, as the church, are the body of Christ on earth. But has it come so commonplace for us that we fail to see Christ acting through us every day to heal our broken world? I am convinced that we are given the opportunity to see God at work every single day. Sometimes it could be a chance to actually live into our calling as Christians and share the love of Christ with others. Other times it might just be God presenting God's self to us and letting us know that God is there, like in a sunset that we see over the water or in a beautiful piece of music. It's up to us to allow God to open our hearts and our minds and even our eyes so that we might truly see what we really do see. Amen.